2: On video. I've never been
3: happier. I'm made for a fucking podcast. <laughs> That's dangerous.
4: <laughs> Listen to me, we're out
3: Dean Thomas, uh, thank you for I can hardly see you. I know, man. Listen, I am at the UFC. They had no place to put me. So they put me in this closet. It's literally a closet that I'm in with no lighting and I have to do the show from here because they don't have no place to put me. All right. Well, thank you.
2: we we're, this is last minute because uh, poor Matt had a, a good friend. Uh, his good friend Hulk died in a, a car accident. So Matt's had to go to the funeral today. So Matt is uh, unavailable. And he's probably having a very tough day. So thanks for uh, joining. Hopefully Matt's good. You know, I mean, that sucks when it's uh, so sudden and it's somebody that you really love. So I know he's yeah, having a is-
3: tough day. Yeah, that's incredibly sad. And But I'm I'm glad I could be here to fill in. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we can have a good show. Me and you, me and Jim, boy, we're going to be doing our thing, boy. Come on, I now. hope so. And we have
2: Arnold Allen, uh, 19 and 1. Uh, Max Holloway, what a great fight that is going to be. And we have Jay Oakerson coming on for a few minutes, um, promoting a comedy special. Are you familiar with Big Jay? Do you know him?
3: No, I don't I don't know Jay, but I'm always excited to talk to comedians, man. Comedians are a fascinating fascinating people to me. You guys are are built differently, and I love the way you guys see the world in your own way, so I'm always excited to speak to a new comedian.
2: Well, Jay does a lot of crowd work. Um and, and he's good at it. Like he's very casual, he's very comfortable. And he does a really good job with it. And he has a special. Uh, and I saw him shoot part of it when I was in um, Vegas for. With a, he does this on a podcast called Legion of Skanks, which is a, uh, a very popular podcast. And uh, he was shooting, and I watched him shoot, it and it looks really good. So he's got a million views in like three days. So Jay is on. It's on. He's on fire. So I'm happy for him.
3: No kidding. And I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad to talk to Arnold Allen, even though I just saw him about an hour ago in a hotel in the, oh, in the elevator, we were in the elevator together. I did not know he was coming on that did, did, I was going to be on a show with him right now. So like when I saw his name on the, sh- on the rundown, I was like, damn, I was just in the elevator talking to him about TV shows. Ah, oh, what's he watching? Well, yeah. I'll ask him when he comes on, yeah, yeah, are you guys yeah, yeah. watching anything, anything similar? We, we were, we're talking about the same show. And then he put me on to a new show. We'll talk about that when he comes on. What do you think too, Dean about, I mean, obviously to see Adesanya, uh come
2: back and and drop uh paheta it was so so amazing and i think it's he's prayers is another guy who underestimated adesanya's power he just doesn't look as strong as he is i mean but well, he's, he's he's dropped costa he's dropped to brunson i mean he's a he's a devastating
3: puncher it's his precision and that's really what it is it's, it's his precision and technique he hits guys at the right spot because he's so aware and he's not just throwing punches blindly and hitting right. guys with the wrong part of his hand. He's hitting guys with the right part of his hand at the right part of their body at the right time. So he's, it's his precision, man. And when he fought Paula Costa up into this, up into that point, that was my favorite, one of my favorite performances of all time. I think this performance supersedes that, like it was such an amazing performance to watch live. I did not expect it to happen the way it did. And Israel Adesanya is something else, man. I mean, he's really... It's a treat to be able to watch him.
2: Was it, let me ask you, because the performance against Costa was so impressive because uh, Apollo is just such a devastating, uh, large guy. And Adesanya, I didn't feel like he was in any trouble at all against Costa, but it did feel like... Um, he was getting his calves kicked pretty good. And it did feel like he was in a bit of trouble against Alex. But like you said, he just threw this precision punch. So I still would take Paula Costa over
3: it. Uh, but with this, the story is better. Yeah, with, that's, the, that's what it was for me. It's Yeah, the story. It, yeah, the performance in itself was obviously because it was so one-sided with Paula Costa. Yeah. With this, the story, the the story arc of the way this fight played out was better. Like it started yeah. off... Him kind of losing against a guy that he had lost two, three times in a row and then he comes out, gets his he's hurt. We think it's gonna be over. We think we think yeah. he's about to be done, and then he just switches the, the script and just bang and it's over. Yeah. Just like that. So what do you think happens to
2: Alex now? Like does he there's been rumors of him going up two oh five. Uh does he I don't think he gets an immediate rematch against Izzy, even though he just dropped the belt. But who else does Izzy fight in, in the middleweight division? That's really an exciting fight for him. He's gone through most of those guys. He's fought way He's fought Gaslam. He's fought Costa. He's fought uh, Vittori. Who does he fight? And is the third fight with Alex, the rubber match, the one that sells? Because it's almost like there's no one that you feel is a threat to Adesanya but this guy.
3: So I went on the a, on a Zach Gelb show the other day, and I was like, there's no way Izzy is going to fight Alex. Alex is going up to a 205 and so on and so forth. And I was like, let the man eat and be healthy. But to me, now I'm looking at him like, maybe he should stay down in 185 and lobby for a rematch. Like, after what he did to his kid, because I thought that was totally inappropriate what Izzy did to yeah. Alex's son. I mean, even though Alex's son did it first, but still. He's six years old. <laughs> oh, was he six? I thought he was a young teenager. Someone told me he's a teenager. No, he's a teenager now, but this was like six years ago like he was he was you no, know, he's like 12 now maybe 13 now uh, but when it happened his, his when he did it his son was like six years old wait it wasn't the
2: last ufc fight no oh there you go okay it was yeah. it was bad before when they were kickboxing
3: yes it was it was such a long time ago and like that like is he held on to that and like to me i'll be like man i I can't let you do my kid that way you know what i'm saying a
2: six-year-old child six- yeah hey let's like- bring Oh. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Gene. We have big J's in the oh, way. Right, sorry right, right, bring we him, bring have
3: them. Bring them on. Bring them on.
4: What's up, Jay? What's up, Jim? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Do you know Dean Thomas? I don't think we've met before. Nice to meet you, Dean. Nice to meet you. It's a pleasure. Hey,
2: uh, I know we only have you for a few minutes. Uh, congratulations on the special. You're at a million views already, I think, right? Or well, You're very yeah. close. To you just passed a million.
4: Yeah, it just passed.
2: How, how good crazy. does that feel after like three days?
4: It does feel good. It's funny though. It does make the, the incessant checking the numbers go down though, because now it only shows a million. And you know, I was watching, like, you know, you were able to see when it was like one thirteen two hundred thousand 200,000, even now it just says a million until it hits (laughs) 1.1.
2: So you have a little while to wait. Now you, you're a guy I've known for 20 years, dude. And and like watching you, you started, like they say at the bottom, you started hosting, you did everything right. And, uh, do you finally feel like, hey, wow, man, I've been doing the right thing all along? Like th- it, this, what I was doing that people were saying, hey, maybe you shouldn't do this Legion of Skanks. And this is exactly you were doing the right thing.
4: It turned, yeah, I am happy the way it worked out. Like I said, for it, we kind of like, <laughs> you know, we, we went so hard with like Legion of Skanks and the way I did comedy for so long that it was interesting to see like the change in everything where it became like its own kind of like pushed into a corner thing. Like yeah. Out of the mainstream. Once I kind of accepted that, it was a, uh, you know Mike Fenoya a very funny comic actually made a great analogy to me that was like you know, everyone's not going to be like Taylor Swift or you know like you know Kevin Hart has like that uh like pop star level of yep of like fame and uh and fanship but like he always made the correlation to like you know the insane clown posse or fish or the the grateful dead you know where it's like they're not like played on radio they're not mainstream popular however if they go hey, we're going to be performing in this field for 100,000 people in a week. It'll 100,000 people will show up.
2: Right, but they don't have the mainstream thing.
4: Yeah, you just kind of have to, like, self-start it. And then all those people, you know, like watching Stavros and Sam Morrell and uh, Andrew Schultz and those guys, like, self-start it the way they did is also very inspiring. Because me and you, you know, I'm 40, I'm 45 now, and you've been doing this, like, a long time, too. All that social media shit happened right on us yeah it happened like right on our careers under my
2: feet happened under my feet i was (laughs) not looking it came
4: (laughs) i mean you're not wrong at all i remember that was the uh you know when dane cook's first thing was the myspace and everyone was like that's dane cook's thing though yeah like social media that's his way that's not how i'm gonna do it and it turns out it's now the only way you have to do it
2: don't you feel like he doesn't get enough because comedians always shit on dane in the past they did but i feel like dane revolutionized it in a way like because it, it, it is the, the path that everyone takes now. And he really was the first guy to do it. And even then there were people dismissing him. And it's like yeah. now everybody is following what he did 15 years ago.
4: Well, yeah, he was like the first one I was like, I'm going to go get the fans instead of like I came from a time of like I thought it was the fans come to you. Like, could you imagine? Uh, you know, it was interesting when I toured so much with Dave Attell probably about like the seventh or eighth year I was out with him on the road. And he would call me and say, like, you know, do you want to do do you want to do, uh, you know, uh, Virginia Beach with me again? And I'd go, yeah, absolutely. And he'd be confused. Why? Why aren't you headlining there yet? And I go, I, well, I try to, but he didn't understand that there was a shift there. And, you know, a tell comes from a time, I guess, where when you had your hour of comedy ready, you went on the road. And they, the road would book you and you'd get out there and you'd build your audience out there on the road. And then it changed to they will not book you until you can put asses in seats. That's right. So it's like a real cart before the horse. You're like, well, how do I get fans? And then the answer was social media. Yep. And, and then, you know, thank God for broadcasting and podcasting.
3: Dean, you wanted to ask yeah, something? Yeah, you just I jump got, in there. Yeah, I got, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to ask. I got, a bit, I got a question. I see you with the Mob Deep shirt on. So I yeah. wanted to ask you, greatest Mob Deep song uh of all time
4: i mean it's shook ones part two for sure that's the most classic thing ever but i liked uh i was a big fan when they first came out yeah why are, are they what kind of music uh it's hip hip hop oh okay i they like survival
3: out- of fittest personally but i that's saw the great. shirt i said i said man i know you're a hip hop fan. you you we about the same age so i know we came out in the same time in the 90s when they was uh, hitting hard
4: yeah i saw uh, I went to the loud 25th anniversary show and they did survival. Of the F- Havoc did it with, um, look Kim. Oh, no kidding. Came out and performed. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. She looks crazy though. Lil yeah, Kim, she, yeah. She was so be- she was so beautiful. She shaped she was, like, like that. Younger. She
3: shaped like a little leprechaun, like a little leprechaun from leprechaun in a hood.
4: Yeah. It looks like she, she <laughs> looks like something like something crazy happened to her face. Yeah. It's like Joan Rivers.
2: Yeah. Did she have a lot of work done. Is she all, How old is little Kim? probably 50 Or probably little years. Kim that shows you I'm not a fan yeah. uh, how old is little Kim <laughs> <laughs> little little
4: Kim <laughs>
2: uh, so she had too much work done and she looks a little bizarre
4: she got the the Joan Rivers face she got the same face everyone gets
2: jay you really made me laugh too we did the bert kreischer roast together and you were so funny on that because you just went up and it's like watching you do crowd work it's just very comfortable and natural it never seems forced or, or like you're not sure what you're doing it's always just like oh, hey you're God. sitting on your sofa and, and that's how comfortable you are in this space so watching you do that where you started reading the prep sheets <laughs> uh, which I, I thought was so brilliant i've never seen anybody do it just going through the piece of paper going yeah this is the information they give us on these people it's so unique and funny
4: Oh, thank you, man. That was a lot of fun. That was a wild night. Uh, I really couldn't I, believe the. Ed, I, I met the editor for the Bert Kreischer roast after the that party, the premiere party. Yes, and when I met. Her, she goes, "Hey, I was the editor, and I just hugged her before I said words. Like, <laughs> How? How? Because I when I watched it, I was like, "That was good. They did a good job, like piecing it together." And I was like, "Wow!" Because that night was all over the place. But I think that's a very interesting and maybe this is like the la new york uh divide again everyone there especially like the la like uh bred comics out there you know they had their stuff on the teleprompter which is not a dig at all but they tell telepr- and then sure. you know and which isn't even the thing o- o- over reading it but more like they were performing to uh like a filmed piece that was going to yes. be edited and everything and i was i'm not used to that i was like well i thought we have to do well in the room like, you, know, you want to kill in the room and then like hopefully that translates to a video because some of the best sets when we watched the, the edited down version were people who were like, stop, go back, start that one over. I'm going to take right. that one from the top. And I, and I was like, this is going to be a shit show when it comes out. And then it came out and I was like, some of the best sets.
2: They knew. Yeah, I always like to go off a piece of paper when I roast. I I find it more natural, and it's more fun, and I can edit as I go. And I still think that's the more fun way to do it. It is. But I love your prep. They gave us your prep sheet, which made me think of it. And and, and again, his father was absent for most of his childhood. Instead, he was raised (laughs) by his mom and stepfather. Like, like what am I going to do with that? So are you over it? (laughs) (laughs) Jay, I got
3: Jay, I got another question. So <laughs> and uh, Jim was telling me how great you are with the crowd work in terms of doing your comedy. And what would your greatest piece of advice to be in terms of how you stay comfortable and how you find the material in the moment to be able to be so great at it?
4: I just been doing it for a long, long time. I was saying before, when I wasn't able to get out there and headline, I was kind of like just dwelling in the clubs in New York forever. And uh, I feel like, Jim, you might know who I'm talking about without saying the names. I sure. use this example so much. But um, it was this, this that, that what got me doing it was the staff at the cellar. You know, there was a, a lot of the similar. It's not like it is now. It was a lot of the similar lineups every night. With sure. like the same kind of like batch, of like 30 guys, you know, th- a pool of 30 people that they would kind of pull from. And you'd be there every night with them. And the staff would over and over again hear everybody set. That's right. And there's a comic who just kind of like didn't change their set very much for years and years and years. And watching the staff who were very nice to the person in life. Sure. Friends with them, hang out with them, but would mouth the words of their jokes. when, oh, yeah. They, <laughs> and, I, and I would watch and roll their eyes. And I would watch that and be like, yo, I don't want these people to be nice to me. And then like shit all over my comedy. Like that was, I hated seeing that. So I was like, I am doing not only was I doing the same bits, but I was doing these long form stories, uh, sometimes. So then I just started going like, well, let me get like, pick a story and I'll play off the crowd with Artie Fuqua was always hosting the show. And he was great at that. Like he'll answer anything you ask him. And I would just kind of like have him like introduce me to the audience kind of individually, like who's who, and we would just play off that. So I just did it so much. Um, where it's like anything with it's like if you do it a, a zillion times, like eventually it just become you've seen everything that could possibly happen.
2: And don't you find, too, when you're doing that, like it keeps it alive for you too? like, because I've never seen you on stage look like you're not in the moment because it's all alive because you're not always sure what you're going to say. You have material, but then you also have 30 people you're going to talk to. So there's always something that's going to be unpredictable, which I think keeps it happy and like, more interesting for you as a performer, too.
4: Well, it also keeps it, make it being not work. You know what I mean? If you're just going to go up there and read your script every time, it just gets, like, so boring. It is, like, a very boring thing. So I'd rather, like, be on my toes. Plus, for whatever reason, and I couldn't tell you why, when I think, when I'm forced to think quick, I'm much more unique, I think, in, like, what I say. Like, I, yeah. I, I pull references and things that are, like, maybe not everybody gets, but, like, the people that do love it. And, yeah. Uh, but when I... When I've sat there, I mean, I haven't done this in years, but when I would like, you know, I I I started with like Kurt Metzger and stuff, who's like a consummate writer, just yeah. a machine and, and so good at it. And those guys, and I would be like, uh, whenever I would write, be like, oh yeah, I guess I'll go do some writing in my bedroom. <laughs> I come out and I'd be like, Kurt, is this good? Airplane <laughs> food sucks. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what these subways in New York, I would just write like a hack. Yeah. <laughs> and I felt like I was better when I would like just go off the cuff, I'd be a little more like unique and interesting and like personal. But whenever I try to just sit down and be like, "Let's here we go. let what's going on in the world," and it would just be the 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 lamest take because I'm like, yeah. it's, it's, I didn't want to do like it's like schoolwork to me. I was like, I didn't want to do it. I'm like, can I finish this joke and go play? <laughs>
2: That's right. It's always easier to do when it feels like it's just kind of coming. It doesn't feel like work. We only we have to let you go. This is not our choice. They said you only have 10 minutes today. So look, uh, one more thing. I forgot to mention. Okerson is Jewish, but has been called a Nazi. That's in your prep sheet. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great prep stuff. Uh, But the special, uh, really funny. uh, Jay is just a master of crowd work. And and really, dude, I loved how you shot. I've told you that a bunch. Dog belly. It's on YouTube and you can catch Jay. Is it Monday through Thursday you and Bobby are on?
4: Yep. Monday through Thursday, um, same channel.
2: The bonfire on our channel, 103. I believe you guys started 5, 5 to 7?
4: Yep, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. I
2: right, come back again for a longer time, man. I will. I, I, I will I'm absolutely. really happy for you, Jay, and, and congrats on a great special.
4: Thank you, man. Thanks. Nice to meet you, man. All right, Have my man. Meet. Have a good one. Take care, guys.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?
2: Yeah, guys, you can go to, uh, it's Big J Okerson on YouTube. You can get that special there. And it really is fun. He's really good at that. Um, and it's interesting when you watch a guy who just does, he'll just sit on a stool, like Rich Voss does that. Just really, and it's not fake confidence. It's true comfort on stage. So I always like seeing
3: that. I love that, man. Like it's, it's hard to be comfortable almost anywhere, but to be comfortable and make people laugh and, and they're expecting you to make them laugh, that's an incredibly talented. just right there. Have
2: you been doing, by the way, I keep telling you this, Dean, but every time they go to you, uh, what do you get? Dean Thomas, what do you got? There's always a lot of pressure because the way that Annick will throw it to you, but I always think you're so, you have such a good concise point and everybody always agrees with you. Um, You always make really great points and you're good at talking in a quick soundbite. It's almost like, you know, you only have 30 seconds and you get it out in 28.
3: Yeah, I do. Like I, I realize that I have to be succinct with it. So I try to, make sure that i know exactly what i want to say without having to over explain it and that it's easy enough for people to get it. So i mean it's not that easy. It's not not terribly difficult, but it's not easy to just be like, "All right, guys, cuz i could talk all day about fighting, but i have to be able to get it out as fast as i can."
2: Right, and that's where i wouldn't be good. Like they would go, "Jim, yeah. what do you got?" <laughs> um,
3: well, you know it's funny. He would like you know already like, "All right, yeah. thanks for <laughs> <you're> stupid." Well, <laughs> and you know another thing too is like As I'm talking more often than not, like there's still action going on. And sometimes like what I'm about to say might change during the action. So I have to be very, you know, mindful and cognizant of what's going on while I'm talking.
2: Yeah. And you also have to know that somebody might interrupt you. If like all of a sudden there is a knockout or something that you just, you know, your point just kind of goes under the
3: the bridge at that point. Yeah. And they just cut my mic immediately. (laughs) I'm just like, guys guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what do
2: you so we were talking about uh Pereira, i always say perjito or Pereira. i never know exactly the right pronunciation i always fuck uh what do you think he does because i was just going to go to the when jay popped in i was just jumping down to the middleweight uh division what do you think he does because when you look at uh i mean there's alex of course whitaker has fought out of sanya vittori uh cannonier costa i mean driscus Duplessis, i mean does he fight him next i mean or strickland the six and seven guys
3: what happens um, I think in terms of, say? no, I think for Pereira, I think he goes up to 205. If he doesn't get a a rematch, you know, if he doesn't get a, if he doesn't get the trilogy fight, I think he goes up to 205 because in his eyes, it's probably all the same, except for he doesn't have to cut the extra 20 pounds, you know, fighting a guy like Drigas Duplessis is probably the same as fighting anybody at 205 to him. So I think that he's either going to Get the trilogy fight, or just go back up to two hundred five. But I can't imagine him wanting to cut weight to fight Derek Brunson. You don't, yeah, but you don't think that maybe
2: cutting to fight Paulo Costa is a good fight or Jared Cannonier? Like those guys are are, are hard hitters. Um, and I'm, I'm part of me thinks he's gonna want like a money fight for Pereda is gonna be against Adesanya, like that. He's the only one that seems to have Israel's number at all. Um, and then he'll have to just kind of rebuild in this new division. It's not like John Jones going to heavyweight where really like, might that's a, a title shot.
3: Um, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But I just, but I know how hard it is for him to make the weight and he's getting a little yeah. bit older. I just, I think that the weight might be the deciding factor for him. But saying, you know what? 205, 85, if it's not a title shot, I might as well just not cut the 20 pounds and fight the next guy. So I just, uh, it, but it's hard to say, like, only he knows. It, it, only he knows what's in his heart.
2: Well, the guys he would, I mean, I because again, he's, uh, again, I'm sure he he's strong enough to push you off of him. Uh, but again, these guys are bigger. It's like when you look what happened to Izzy when up to light heavyweight, Jan Blahovic just kind of didn't beat him up, but just was a lot heavier than he's used to. And Jan is used to dealing with guys who fight at 205 and uh, didn't have a particularly hard time taking Izzy down. Would he suffer the same fate with guys like Paul Craig, uh, you know, or, 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 or Blahovic or, or even uh, uh, who who, would, who else would give him a hard time? But, to light say, but that's
3: But that's the good news is that, at light heavyweight, the only real grappler that's going to give him a hard time in terms of, like, size would be Jan Blachowicz. Like Jan Blahovic probably has the mass to get him down and stay on top of him. But the rest of the guys are kind of like kickboxers, too. I mean, uh, you know... Anthony Chinese Smith Walker.
2: is a good uh, black belt. I mean, Anthony he's Smith a good, he, the ground.
3: He's a good jiu-jitsu guy, but he's not necessarily a takedown top guy. Okay. Right, So and Paul Craig's definitely not a takedown top guy. So, like, he's dealing with guys that are... That are essentially kind of like kickboxers, you know, Johnny Walker and, you know, uh, Alexander Volk. Uh, what's his name? Alex Rackage, Volk, uh, you know, uh, uh, Alexander Rakish, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, these are kickboxers. They're not necessarily going to be looking to take him down. I mean, they might learn. They might know when they're going to fight him, but still probably won't be good enough. So. And you have
2: to respect Adasanya. I mean, everyone respects Adasanya, but, uh, we were just, I just got this message that his, uh, I think kickboxing coach is saying he's debating going up to light heavyweight to fight Jamal Hill. Adasanya against Jamal Hill. Um, and that, I mean, if he does that, like he's already gone up once. Um, and he did lose to the heavier fighter, but it wasn't a, uh, it was, it wasn't a beating. It was, it was a, you know, five round decision. And, uh, for him to be willing to go up and, and, and take it a shot again at that. Like you have to really respect Adesanya. He's just, he seems like he wants challenges. He's not just looking to fight the same guys in the division. Like Jones didn't want to in light heavyweight.
3: Yeah. And it's hard too, man, to take these challenges in front of the entire world. I mean, think about that. Like he's not doing this, like in the room, like in some backyard and just like risking, I mean, he's risking his, his, his reputation, his health, in front of the entire world. Now if he goes up to fight Jamal Hill, that's a scary fight because I don't really know how to take Jamal Hill sometimes because sometimes he's better than what you think sometimes. Even though you think he's good, he turns out to be better than what you think. And we haven't seen him fight like a really crafty striker like Israel, so we don't know how that's going to go, but I can't count Jamal Hill out against nobody, man, because he always shuts me up. Yeah, who did
2: Jamal Hill beat? Who is his last fight he beat? Um he beat the hell out of Glover. It was Glover, yeah. Um, and, oh, he subbed him, right? He did. He, or, or is that uh, Prochovsky subbed him? No, Prochovsky. You, Prochowska you subbed him in the again. fifth, right? Yeah, okay. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, so he's already proven he can, he can handle somebody who's a good uh, a ground fighter. But striking with Adesanya, I mean, obviously, I think the power advantage would go to Jamal Hill. Um, but that would be a very interesting fight. I would love to see Izzy. I would like to see that fight more than I wanted to see Jan Lahovic.
3: Oh, yeah, 100%. Like I had no idea that Izzy was even considering going up to light heavyweight, but I think that it does kind of make sense for him. Like, who else is he? Got? Like, if he's not like, he could fight Hamza. Like, Hamza to me would be the logical choice for middle for him to fight at middleweight for the title because Hamza could sell it. But if Hamza is going to fight Paulo Costa, what the hell is Izzy supposed to do? It only makes sense for him to go up to light heavyweight. Is that a tough fight
2: for Izzy uh, Shamayev? I mean, he's a tough fight for anybody, but at that weight.
3: No, uh-huh. no. I, in fact, I like his chances against uh, Jamal Hill more than I do against against Jemayev. Oh, you do. Yeah, It is a tough fight yeah, for him. You yeah, say. I think. Yeah, for sure. I think it's a tough fight for him. You know, and people say, yeah, but Jemayev, you know, he got you know, he got kind of got handled a little bit by Gilbert Burns. But Gilbert Burns is a different type of fighter. Yeah. Gilbert he's also Burns, an expert on the ground, too. Right. That's exactly what it was. Gilbert Burns ground game is what saved him from Jamaev. But if Jemayev gets on top of Izzy. That could be a wrap
2: yeah absolutely and when you look at the middleweight division uh vittori maybe um would be strong enough vittori's like a little bit of, of a bull and he's not afraid to go to there but i i don't i don't know who else uh, i think adesanya would with all due respect have a hard time with him
3: i don't know man i think you know all things considered i see adesanya really lobbying to go up because he could do what he did the first time right when he went up before jan Blahovich, when he lost there was a built-in excuse that hey you know what yes He's heavier. The same excuse still exists now with Jamal Hill. So he should go up, take his chances. And if he wins, man, we got a double champ. We got He's making history. If he loses, he still does have that built-in excuse. But with all, with all that being said, it's still an easier fight on paper than it would be against Shemaev. You know, when you
2: look at two, and O'Malley is saying that he's uh, advising Raul Rosas Jr. to take off two years and improve – I don't know about two years. I Like how much of the, the, the loss to uh, a Christian was skill and how much was uh, it fight IQ? Maybe it was both, but you could see how much energy he was burning in the first, whereas Rodriguez just, again, like a veteran, knew how to ride this moment out, how to protect himself, how not to exert all of his energy. Um, maybe Rosas Jr. got a little overwhelmed by the moment or got a little spoiled. What, what do you think is the advice for him?
3: No, the I mean, Sean O'Malley is wrong about this. He doesn't need two years off. He just needs two years of the right opponents. You know, he needs to grow and learn how to fight at that level. He's not used to fighting at that level. So in his mind, because we talked to him at the fighter meetings before and DC and him are asking him questions. And you had to hear this kid like he was saying stuff that was unreal. Like, wait a minute, because he was talking about how he beats up. He was beating up UFC guys in practice and doing this, that and the third so in his mind, he thought he could go out there and just beat yeah. everybody up. So like he didn't pace himself to fight a real fight at the UFC level. He's got to learn how to fight at UFC level at the right pace. And that's really what it was. It wasn't really a lack of skill. It right. was a lack of him knowing that he was that he was human. Fight IQ, like like yeah.
2: almost like the things you can get away with 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 guys who are not UFC level. The blitzkrieging somebody and overwhelming yeah. them. You're not going to do that with a guy uh, who's a decent fighter in the UFC. He's not going to be overwhelmed. He's seen everything.
3: Hey, come on, man. At 18 years old, man, like all the dumb shit that we thought about ourselves at 18 years old, like you can't can't really knock him too bad for that because he's 18 years old. Now, I think it's going to come down to this. If the people around him lie to him and tell him, nah, man, don't worry about it. Go back out there. You're still the greatest. Then he's going to have a problem. But as long as he realizes that he's human, I think he'll
2: be fine, and if he's humble enough to t- yeah, if he's humble enough to take
3: the advice, you know, you yeah, have to be humble really enough to go wow, gotta, okay, yeah. I'm, I got, need to learn. He's, he's got to display some humility. If he got the humility, he' gonna be fine. And let's
2: bring uh, your movie pal, Arnold Allen, is in the waiting. And let's bring Arnold nineteen oh, and one. It. Yes, main event Holloway against uh, Allen. That is uh, in Kansas City, April the fifteenth, which would be this Saturday night. I always have to check because I lose track of my days. Main card starts at 8.30, so don't think it's a 10 o'clock start like a lot of the uh, the other cards. Prelims, 5.30 on uh, ESPN Plus, and the main card is 8.30 on ESPN and ESPN Plus.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters
2: Now, can Arnold hear us? Yo, yo. Oh, hey, you. buddy. Can you see us? We're not sure. We never know if the guys, we want to make sure we don't catch you in a private moment. <laughs>
3: no, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. With, the cam- with the camera facing him. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah we've all we don't want somebody Jeffrey Tubening on the, yeah. uh, on the fucking. Okay. <laughs> how you doing, man? How, how are you? Is this your first main?
5: No, second, second,
2: your second main. So, how how does it feel the week of of the fight, like the press you have to do and the, all the obligations you have as opposed to being on any other fight on the card, really?
5: Ah, uh, sure, right. you're just a bit busier, you know. Uh, the week seems to fly by a bit quicker. Kind of fills that gap where you're not eating, you know, when you're waiting for your next meal. So, I literally just been looking at barbecue spots around here. So, less time, uh, less time to research the locals' cuisine. Yeah, oh, because you do impress, I, yeah.
3: Well, how, but how about this, man? Like they told you, you were main eventing in the United States, and you thinking, "Oh, hell yeah, Madison Square Garden, <laughs> Vegas." And then they were like, "No, Kansas City." <laughs> like, what would you think about that?
5: You know, I didn't really know anything to think about Kansas City. I, I have no no idea where it was or what it was about. But yeah, it's a nice city, man. Nice st- city. You nice still city, don't. Man. Yeah, yeah I still don't. All I know is barbecue. All I know is barbecue. That's it. Dean, you're going to get
2: him booed. Don't listen to Dean. He's telling like, you, hey, does, doesn't Kansas City suck? He's got to fight there. Wait yeah. till after. <laughs> Wait till after. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, it's, true. it's not a disappointment to like Vegas, New York. Kansas City is third on the list. And it doesn't really matter once you're locked in the cage, right? You don't care about the oh. city you're in. No,
5: exactly. It's all the same in it. It's all the same. It do not matter where we
2: are. Right. But Kansas City is boring. I mean, we all do agree. There's nothing to do there. <laughs> I
5: mean, at the barbecue it looks good, though
2: now dean you guys saw each other in the hotel yeah
3: Yeah, i just saw i just saw him in the elevator like an hour ago i did not know we were even gonna be doing this show (laughs) he was put he was put me on game and told me about a show a british show called the gangs of london and i'm so Mm. excited to see this and i was hoping that he can give me some insight right now on what this show was about
5: uh it's just literally about the gangsters in london a bit of crime going around there and uh you know you know that so you know the stuff
3: <laughs>
2: when you look at it i sorry when you look at a guy like max i mean you've beaten he and, and hooker and melendez you have fought some very very high level competition it's not like you've you've fought just the lowest guys but he's i think max is probably the most uh, accomplished fighter that you've dealt yeah. with uh so far what do you expect his strategy is going to be against you like what do you think max's coaches are telling him on how to deal with you
5: I think he's going to be trying to do the same thing he always does high pressure high volume he's going to try to walk me down try to wear me out and uh yeah he doesn't he typically doesn't change his strategy too much fight to fight there's a little couple of little things he does different but overall that's that's what he does right that's why he's so great
3: uh, so before you fought um it was two fights ago and you just you flipped the switch cuz you was like going decision 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 and then two fights ago you flipped the switch and you put hand, who was the who was the opponent um was man. it Yusef or Hooker? Yeah, Hooker, Hooker. Yeah, Hooker. TKO. And you and you just put hands on him just I mean it was an onslaught. Like what was that switch? Like how was this you were just like you know what I've had enough of these decisions. I'm putting hands on this boy. Like how did that happen?
5: No, nah, it's just a uh... It was just, it's always been an option. It's always something, you know, I know I can do. It was just more the fact, like in, in that moment, it made sense for me. And uh, I got a little shot in the eye. I could see three Dan hookers for a minute. So I thought, you know what, <laughs> this guy's about six foot two. I don't want to give him all that room. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to smother him with shots and see what happens rather than give him the space.
2: When you see a guy like Holloway, though, like, regardless of what happens, whether he's having a good night or a bad night, you know that you're probably, even if Max has a bad night, guys are in five rounds. I mean, he's just a guy that's virtually impossible to put away, or he has been so far. No matter how uh, good Volkanovski or anybody else has looked against him, you're going five. So do you prepare? Are you always preparing for five? But mentally, do you like, no, I really have to prepare for five with Max?
5: Yeah, mentally, you know. He's uh, notoriously known for his five rounds, his pace and all that stuff. So, yeah, mentally you're going the five and uh, obviously everyone, every player wants to finish, you know, ideally coming out the first 10 seconds, the first punch you I get a knockout, that'd be nice. But um, yeah, mentally, physically, you're prepared for five rounds.
2: When you are, you have had some decisions. Um, do you, just, the judging has been so inconsistent. It seems like lately there's been so many, not close calls that didn't go the way I thought, but, you know 27 30 30 27 like guys just seeing the fight completely different so how do you prepare yeah. for that like knowing that look i might have to go five rounds and yet the judges can make a horrible decision uh do you think it's gotten
5: worse i don't yeah there has been some crazy ones a minute but um i try not to think about it you know because i don't want to change your strategy change your plan and you know you, you can't you can't deal with that you can't uh change that what they're going to see so All you can do is put your, uh, you know, put your best work in, win the rounds or try and win the rounds and uh, yeah, try and give the judges what they want to see.
2: Dean, how do you plan for that as a coach, knowing that no matter how good your fighter does, you'll get Jared Gordon or a bunch of other guys. How do you deal with that with a fighter and how will you prepare a guy if you're sitting at his corner? Are you telling him like it's close, you're going to have to knock him out, even though I think. I mean, yeah,
3: you kind of do that in in the corner, but. In preparation and training, you always speak about body language, you know, like you have to have great body language and you and you prepare for that, like you prepare to have good body language. So like you prepare wow. to not look defeated during rounds? Because that's what loses fights for some people. Sometimes. sometimes their body language will lose fights for them.
5: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: So- I know that's an interesting point you made. Do you think sometimes the way guys, how fast they jump up at the end of the third, if they're both coming off the ground, little things like that, what do they call it, like recency bias, like what the judge just saw? Little
3: little things like that, the way they look in between rounds, uh, the way they react to punches being thrown at them. Sometimes they overreact and it just looks bad. It didn't even hit them. It just looks bad. Like, man, check your body language because like that, the judges are going to see that and be like, yo, this dude's losing the fight, even though you might not be
5: losing the fight yeah absolutely that makes sense can you think of somebody like
2: so i i know what you mean so can you think of an example of a good or bad body language either or like one that actually you like oh, that's a notable one
3: um so and i always and this was the first time that i kind of really noticed it and this is an old school fight when george st pierre fought jake shields back in the day like like jake shields was probably winning on the numbers in the punches but he just looked so bad doing it that you couldn't give him credit for it you was kind of looking at the fight going man, he just, he just looks like shit. Like he's throwing, like he don't know how to really throw a punch and he looked like shit doing it. So you couldn't really give him credit. Mm. So I thought that like, that was the first time that it really stood out to me on how much body language played a factor in fights.
2: Mm. And what do you think? Have you, have you, have you dealt with that? Have you felt like, Hey, I, I, I don't look like I won the fight. Meaning body language wise, has that occurred to you
5: at all after a fight or when you're standing there waiting for that decision? Oh, I've had it in the fight where I thought, <laughs> I thought of a chest infection. I felt I was so, uh, I was so gassed, but just trying not to look fatigued. was, uh, yeah. Trying to keep that poker face, but it's bad. When you've got that, you can't breathe, you know, You're what fight, what like, fight yeah, was I'm that?
2: No. I'm sorry to interrupt you, buddy. Uh, Mads, what, what fight was that? Mads Bunnell. Um, and, and how Hello, long Mads into
5: Brennan.
2: it? I'm oh, sorry, but how, how long into it well, did just, you feel like, uh, how long into it did you feel like I'm, I'm tired? Uh, about a minute to the first
3: round (laughs) yeah all right so right now uh, Mexico's got three champions Mm. and the UK's got one and you could be very well next for another you I mean you are looking at the light right now to be champion Uh, does that ever play a factor in like you know when you go to practice ever give you extra motivation or make you a little nervous or feel some type of way
5: uh, ah yeah, it definitely gives a little bit of extra motivation like you know knowing we're getting closer to the goal and the uh, the dream you know this the reason i started this is because i want to be a world champion so getting closer to that that finish line is uh it's definitely a motivating factor you know i think if we were still very far off that off that achievement i think i'd be getting a bit uh you know discouraged a little bit at this point I think you said that, uh, and,
2: I, and I I agreed with you that you thought that Volkanovski won three rounds of that fight against Makachev. Um, I also thought that, Dean. How did you feel about that? And do you guys think that he would have vacated uh, if he had won that fight, or, or what? What do you think, Dean, on that?
3: No, I, I thought that he. I thought he won the fight too. You yeah, know, he really. To me, he did enough to win that fight. I'm not sure he would have vacated. I think he would have been like, "Yo, I fight both divisions." I mean, that's. This seems like that's the type of character he has. That he'd be willing to fight anybody almost any time, and you mm. know he's a he's a great champion. You can't deny that in Volkanovski.
5: Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, and you've trained alongside Leon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trained them out with Leon. He's a yeah, he's a special talent, Leon. Um, before the before the title fight, before he, uh, the Salt Lake City, you know, people were asking me, "Do you think he can win? Do you think he can win?" I was like, "No, he's like he's gonna win." But uh, yeah, I don't think he appreciated the attitude as much as he should have. But, yeah uh,
2: did you feel it during that fight too because you did feel like we've all seen leon fight enough to know like he's not fighting the way he normally fight. there's something it's like when you watch a guy who's on like antihistamine just a little sluggish you noticed that and you
5: felt it yeah the first round he had a great first round he took him down obviously getting the back control uh but, you know i'd seen him working that in the gym so i thought yeah that's, i thought crazy game plan He's gonna try and take usman down but uh you know he did it and uh, got it in control and uh, obviously in the third fight in London recently, he looked great.
2: Yeah, that was really a good win for him. Um, I, I was happy for him to get that. And he looked much cl- cleaner. Like he, he looked like he was awake and more awake yeah. than he had been the, uh, the first time. So the altitude didn't sound like an excuse. actually, What is the altitude in Utah? Do you guys know? I mean, how much higher is it than, Is it higher than
3: Colorado? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think, I think it's relatively about the same. Mm. Arnold, Arnold, if so, if that fight takes place between uh, Colby and Leon in London, do you guys have any plans on beating Colby up before or after the fight? Like, you, <laughs> y'all, are y'all planning on jumping him or what's the deal with that?
5: I don't know. Leon might be. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know he rolls with a big crew, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Has that fight been
3: confirmed yet, Dean, or we don't know? I don't know. I don't think it's been confirmed yet, but it looks like a a good possibility. And I mean, it makes sense.
2: Once Dana says it. Yeah. And I know Leon is kind of annoyed at that fight at the uh, more on the principle. I think he's thinking that uh, Balal might deserve it, but I think it was Matt that pointed out that in that one round that they fought before the eye poke. Bilal didn't. Ex- I mean, Leon seemed like he was doing quite well and there was nothing in that one round that went, I have to see more of this. So it might be a little while. Maybe Bilal lost to have another fight or two. I don't know. I think that might've hurt him unintentionally though.
3: Yeah. Well, Bilal said it. Bilal was like, yeah, I know I lost the first round, but there was still four more rounds to go. I mean, that was his hundred percent his his take on it. But I mean, you're right. Like it, it didn't look good for him at all in that round.
2: No. no. And it's no, about no. selling fights. It's a, It's a hard fight to sell. Um, well look at uh, Arnold, uh, congratulations on doing so well. You're 19 and one, obviously number four in the division, and you're fighting one of the greatest of all time in um, Max and if you are to get this win, um, it's, whether it's decision or a stoppage, w- not that you're looking past him, but just in, in, in what do you think would be the next logical step if it goes your way on Saturday
5: night? Yeah I think be max Holloway, that's uh, there's only, the only ways up right Total shot next that's that's the only place that makes sense to me after this
2: would be uh, for a shot at the title, especially if it's a win, not, which is not necessarily a decision, especially if you're able to uh, maybe end it uh, a little uh, earlier.
5: Yeah, for sure. hundred percent.
3: And I got one more. I have to ask you to say you're 19 and one, my man. That one loss. Where's that guy at now? What the hell is he doing? Is he probably at the bar <laughs> thinking, "Oh man, I thought that guy once. like, what is he? Who is that? Who was
5: it?" Ah, uh, Marcin Waszek. He's Polish. Uh, Polish guy. I think he went on to win the KSW title. No <laughs>
3: kidding. So he was actually he ended up being pretty good, huh? Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Normally it's like some scrub, you know, yeah. that never makes it, but. There you go.
5: I know it. what you mean,
3: <laughs> it's good
2: you have that one loss, though. I always think it's better for guys because the undefeated thing, once you start getting into 10, 11, 12, I think it becomes too much a part of the identity. And then if you lose, you see some guys can't rebound from that right away.
5: Yeah, I was a, a cocky 19-year-old at that point. And, you know, I, I was 100%. I was looking 10 steps past that guy. I was figured, yeah, I'm going to just beat this guy and then uh, onto the UFC. We're going to do this, this, this.
3: The Raul Rosas Jr. syndrome right there.
5: Seven yeah, and one I, now, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: Getting Absolutely. that loss out of the way, I think, can be healthy. Uh, although, you look at Izzy, he lost, um, and he lost uh, t- uh, two out of three, I think, at one point, and then came back and won. So, it's definitely not a career-ender. Uh, Arnold, look, congratulations on, on doing so well. We look forward to this fight against the great Max Holloway, and uh, it's an incredible main event this Saturday night in Kansas City. And if you are to, to win the fight, uh, I hope you get a title shot next. You deserve it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Okay, buddy. Have a great fight. Thanks, bud. Yeah, I, I would think that uh, – I mean, we don't know what Volkanovski is going to do next. Are him and Yair fighting or what's going on next? Do we know?
3: Yeah, I think I think they already um, – they announced that for UFC 290. So I think uh, they announced – yeah, UFC 290, they announced Yair and Volkanovski as well as Brandon Moreno and Pantoja on that card. That's International Fight Week, so – Ah, oh, okay. yeah, and, and you know a lot. Of, it doesn't seem like okay, yeah. Really, this is going to headline it, but to me, I think it's great because that's Mexico right there. Like the two champs, the two Mexican champs. Could you, man? It's, Vegas is going to be like look like Mexico City. Yeah, during that weekend. Yeah.
2: And let's see. Also on the oh, Bo Nickel. Okay, Bo Nickel is fighting. I'm uh, oh like, I have no glasses. Hold on, Tre. Tresha- it's Tre Gore, and I think. Do you guys hear that? Yeah, what is it? I apologize. They are doing roof work. So I guess our episode is just about done, but for anyone who can hear that awful noise, thank God the roof work held out. Yeah. That's going to be going on for the rest of the day. They're drilling on the roof and there's nothing I can do about it. It's not, it's the building, not me. Yeah,
3: man. Do you know what? You know, the UFC has really done a good job with matching Bo nickel up with like a bunch of black dudes who can't wrestle. (laughs) All right, This is starting Dean I
2: thank you very much for I love you I'm really you're such a great uh, Addition to the show so we love having you on And thank you for jumping into them. I'm happy you were available
3: Nah man it's my pleasure And y'all always ask me do I want to plug something And I'll never have nothing but now I do Me and Preacher Lawson have a new YouTube channel out so make sure y'all catch it out. was called Dean and Preach
2: Oh very nice and I'm sorry about this noise Come see me tonight at the Fat Black Pussycat Matt Sarah hope you're okay And uh uh, Dean's Got Answers. Where can and they Dean, hear that? Yeah.
3: Dean's Got Answers. Make sure y'all check out Dean's Got Answers. That's on all the podcast channels, Spotify, Apple. Dean's Got Answers. Check that out. Then, uh, you know, see me, see me in the streets.
2: I apologize for the noise. We will see you on Monday. Dean, have a great weekend. Peace.